0: How's it going guys, I'm Zeke And I'm Jay, And you're listening to the Cinema Sideshow Podcast, episode 20
1: Episode 20, wow Two decades old, Jake
0: Had to come come in hard and fast Uh, We are 20, this is now our longest running podcast show Yeah Episodic podcast show, which is pretty great for ZKJ Productions It's nice to actually stick it out for 20 weeks I just said it just before the start of the show And yeah, you know, it's pretty good Yeah, no,
1: it's awesome, and I'm glad for our 20th episode that we're uh, joined by, as we talked about last week, James Norton. Hey, James. I'm right here, guys. That's good for you. That's pretty good, man. It's good to see you. Let's get into talking about movies. Yeah, I know. So what have you... how, How are you, Zeke? You're usually asking how I am. I'm gonna ask how Whoa, you are. Whoa, we're switching it up. We're yeah. two decades.
0: I'm pretty good, man. Um, <laughs> two decades again. <laughs> two decades. Um, it's been a long time. No, honestly, it, it where like I said. Uh, I think last week, and I think we've kind of said for the last couple of weeks. It's been start. You know, it's been tough sticking out these last few weeks of semester. <laughs> That's semester. <laughs> very tired. Yeah. Um, it's the final push. Like next episode. Which I have to talk to you after the show. We were thinking about doing something a little bit crazy for that episode when mm. we turned twenty-one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, oh no, getting rowdy.
0: Yeah, um, but no, honestly, it's it's been great to manage to keep this show going, keep hitting the delivery dates mm. week after week, which is great. And yeah, no, it's uh, just keen to talk about some movies. It's my like one of my like reliefs of my week. It gets progressively harder as the week goes. And then Mondays I come in fresh, or Sunday nights I come in pretty fresh. But
1: it's good. This is a little, little calming sanctuary we have here. This
0: time next week, everyone's gonna be very happy. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty happy now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've almost got one foot out the door.
1: Um, basically, no. So it's a
0: good, that's... it's a good foot.
1: Have you caught any movies? Um, yes and no.
0: Yes and no. I. Haven't... This is a movie podcast. Yes. Jake.
1: Well, look, I've. I haven't had a lot of time in the past week. I was doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did rewatch. This is something I haven't like watched from start to finish in you know Yonkees years was Gran Torino. Interesting. I was like, oh, this looks. I'm on Netflix. I'm eating dinner. And I'm like, oh, okay, and I ended up watching it again from start to finish. First time I've done it in probably like I s- seen. that movie's like ten years old now.
0: I think I've seen Grand Torino. I've seen Million Dollar yeah. Baby. I've, I've oh, sitting on my. It's man. one of those movies that's sitting on my shelf, and just haven't gone around to rewatching it. It's, but it's good, man. It's it's a bloody. There's stuff in there. Obviously,
1: I was way too young to kind of um, interpret or pick up uh, yeah. upon. Like obviously, rewatching it now, but um, that movie has a lot of heart to it. But it's actually quite. It's a lot slower than I remember it being, but in a good way. It's interesting. They kind of nail it in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, no, it just hasn't been one of the Eastwood movies I've gotten around to mm. um, yet. I think um, for me and I do like his movies. I mean we yep. I think we talked about We talked about Mule. A, Mule was <laughs> not Which I one.
1: almost did watch in the last week. Yeah. Because we this is this is odd. This doesn't happen. My dad, my dad's friend lent him a DVD of, of Mule. Or is it Mule or The Mule? The Mule. mule. off oh, yeah, the, the Mule. mule. Um, and I was like, oh, I, w- I kind of want to catch this because I know you talked about it. You weren't the biggest fan of it. No. But I did want to catch it. I was like, yeah. And I was sitting on my desk for ages. And as soon as I got home and I was like, all oh, right, assignment swept away. I can relax and breathe. And the DVD was missing. And he, he, he gave it, he returned it to his friend. No, I was like, I Damn never it. got to catch The Mule. I never got to catch The Mule. You
0: know? That's fair. You know, was on this note of rewatching movies, and I know mm. it's my... uh. Three sixty five challenge has kind of grounded to a very slow halt in these <laughs> last couple of weeks. I was asking be- you about it the other day. Yeah. And it's like I've kind of been sitting on one twenty 120 and one twenty one like, like a very <laughs> for like a month now. Like I caught Rocket Man, as we talked about last yep. week on the show. I haven't put up that review yet. And then I caught Bottle haven't Rocket. You? No. Last one I put up was John Wick three. No, I don't even think I put up Nebraska yet. You, I swear,
1: you've put all of these up that you just mentioned.
0: Okay, I'm gonna check for you because I, have I swear
1: I've like read your reviews. I on feel these. like Nebraska,
0: I put up, I put up John Wick three. I don't think I've put up Rocket Man yet. Okay. Um, and but these are all This is all movies you've talked about on the show, anyway. Yeah. So our listeners would have the heads up, if you will. It's just been tricky. Just haven't had time to put mm. up, to have the time to put them up. But I have watched a couple. I've rewatched. I f- oh, a co- I think you're right. The last one you put up was the kissing booth, <laughs> yeah, which see, I really want to watch. That's not that's not correct. I have put them up, but I haven't put them up on the highlight oh, reel yet. Oh, I see, but, I see. Because um, I
1: definitely read those reviews. Yeah,
0: I put up Parabellum, and I th- definitely put up Nebraska because I was like, "Yeah, this movie's going to be duking it out at the end of the year mm. for the my best of 2019 365. I liked it. A lot. I loved um, it too, man. Yeah. Yeah, and. Rocket Man hasn't had its edition on there yet. And watch Bottle Rocket, obviously, with you today, which we'll talk about later in the show. But yeah. during the week, I kind of was just like, wanted something more comfy. I wanted uh, okay. an old reliable. Mm, a and in all here. seriousness, I've kind of really been digging sort of uh, spaghetti westerns recently. Uh. And I've been trying to watch some new ones, but it's pretty, like... I, you I get was your with Eastwood, fix surely. I was with James, who yeah, on the, he can attest. Um, yeah. We were watching the ending of uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, mm. and I was explaining. I think I told you about this. How that that ten minute sequence right at the end, because he he came. He was talking about how um, the good, the bad, the ugly is like a short film. The ending, yeah, the yeah. final duel, and I was like. Yeah, but you haven't watched Once Upon a Time in the West yet.
1: I don't and think you've told me this, what you were going to okay. tell me now.
0: So, basically, I, I'd i like to <coughs> address this because it, we get told that scenes are mm. like short films to an extent. And yeah? I think that's true in some cases, not in all cases, but I do honestly think if you took the last ten minutes, the duel part of Once Upon a Time, there is a bit of af- epilogue, but if you took that jewel. That's a short film and it stands on its own two feet. And it's amazing because you got mm. the score and the story of characters. They don't... There's one line of dialogue yeah. in the entire sequence. It's perfect. It's exactly how a Western should be. Mm. You know, subtle, let the score... The score, I think, for Westerns defines what a spaghetti Western is. Like, I mean, it's
1: so rigorously attached to the genre in yeah, that way. Yeah, it's
0: not dialogue. Like... If you look at, and it's funny, because I would like to draw a comparison with, I also watched one of those Script to Scream videos this week. Ah, uh, yeah. They're and great. it was the DiCaprio uh, Django Unchained scene where he Ooh. cuts his hand.
1: I don't think I've seen that um, comparison yet.
0: Okay. But I think it's an interesting one to like talk about that evolution of Westerns. And I know Tarantino has often used his style. And it's pretty, it's a good talking point because this summer we've got once upon a time in hollywood coming out. Oh, I'm excited
1: for that. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah.
0: I think it's a really interesting thing to like see that jump of style and um see how that scene is so heavily weighted on character performance. Mm. But so is the original. It's just one's got a lot of dialogue and one doesn't and one's way more uh about sort of a non-diegetic score and the other one is mm-hmm. more about the diegetic of the room. And I just thought that was really interesting cuz I w- like, I'd watched that, and then I watched that, and I was like, these are both very good scenes, but they're very good for different reasons. But they're both in the same technical genre era, yeah. so it's it's interesting. I just thought I'd bring that because no, I thought well, it was a cool. It's
1: interesting. You're right because I like, I mean, first off, it's it's obviously a big uh, differentiation in style from two diff- very you know different directors besides. Mm-hmm. But you're right. One is very much more synonymously attached to the genre. Any others playing with those genre conventions, but twisting it to their own, and obviously we're talking about um, Unch- uh, Django Unchained in yes. that regard. But you're right; they play to it where they've got just enough of those genre beats in there, but they make it their own, mm. you know. And it's it's awesome. Well, I have to gauge with there. you
0: with because I don't think I've asked you, okay. and I think it's good to talk about these sort of summer talking points. Seeing as I don't think we've watched too much in this last week, really.
1: Very little. Yeah, I, I so it's, a good, <laughs> it's a, good,
0: a good platform to talk about this stuff. Because there's some big things happening in the next three to four months in, in movies. And I think it's a good mm. time on episode twenty.
1: Episode to, twenty. To
0: take take stock before we move into our movie of the week. Um basically, where do you sit with once upon a time in Hollywood? Like what do you mean? Like, like, like feeling. Do you feel like I mean let let's let's backtrack. What were your opinions on Hateful Eight? I've that... seen it for Eight. Really? No. So why didn't? Why haven't you caught that? Why did it not pull you? Or... No, I just,
1: I just never got around to it. You know. Just okay. Life pull you, but um,
0: what about Django?
1: Django, I do love Django. Um, it, I do, I just, I love the funness of it, which is, mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird thing considering the topic and everything. But it's, it, it is very much made to be fun, mm. and um, yeah, it's, it's definitely unapologetically fun. So I don't mind saying that, I
0: suppose. See, in hindsight, Mm. I don't like Django. Okay, I definitely don't like Django. I I definitely at the
1: bottom of a lot of people's lists. I like
0: Hateful Weight more. Yeah. Um, Okay. But I also I know Hateful Weight has a very polarizing view. Some people don't like the way, uh, particularly women, are portrayed in that movie. And I think there is one female character, and she's honestly one of the highlights of the film. Okay. Obviously, they don't like all. There was a lot of people that were like, because Tarantino's pretty unashamedly spoken about like sort of why he like you know he has like men hitting women in his movies and mm. he's very racy which i think everyone's a little bit concerned with what once upon a time in the hollywood's going to try and do with that
1: It's weird as well because you're right there's a history to it but it's it's way more recent history than mm. Tarotino's used to doing it's much more in the last century which um,
0: is given the the state of the world now mm. as compared to even just a few years ago you're yeah right yeah, yeah back when he was doing like reservoir dogs pulp fiction where he probably would have got killed. Bill,
1: of... though. I guess that's his defense. Yeah. <laughs> he did those movies, yeah. I've never
0: seen those movies. Oh, okay. You know, you'd think we're a guy who constantly proclaims how many movies he's made. It would be very easy to watch them all, seeing as there's only right. eight of them.
1: Yeah, as, as he very, you're right, very much publicly uh, reminds everyone how many movies he's made.
0: But I think I might have only seen four, maybe five of them. I Fair haven't enough. seen either of the Kill Bill films or Jackie Brown, so probably five. I saw yep, Inglorious Bastards enough. for the first time this year. That's right. And that yeah. movie it was okay. Mm. Didn't do that much for me. Okay. It comes back to character performances. I think that like he he's a good director for showcasing a, a an actor's chops. But yeah. Oh, another I mean switching gears like a Robert Patterson just got announced as
1: Oh, as as Batman, yeah. I wanted to bring this up a couple of weeks ago and I forgot to, but now it's mm. official. Yeah. So, um, so how do you feel about that? How do I feel about I mean, yeah, I don't mind. I mean, he, I mean, we've done you know um good time, good time, that's I was trying to remember it. We've done good time on the show, so yeah. you know we're we're not in that camp of you know, we've done this in Twilight, screw this, you know, so it's like we've I mean, I haven't seen any other Robert the Patterson Rovers is pretty good, okay,
0: that one with Guy Pierce he did in Australia, mm. that's a pretty strong uh film, but.
1: I'm keen to watch more stuff, but I mean, I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people are in the sense that he does have the chops for it, and there's there's just a lot of people who don't have any idea about that, and I think a lot of people are going to be quite surprised at how good he will be in that role.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's sort of where I sit with it. Um, I'm quite a uh, I'm quite a fan of Patterson now. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't seen his latest one, which is High Life, which people have been talking about. About yeah. Um, I'm not sure I want to, cause it looks very like next level art house, but I do like how these, might be right. these actors have gone away from their franchise and openly admitted that those franchises were a case of making a financial career out yeah. of them and now coming in and honing their craft. So yeah. Well, it's, that's...
1: it's interesting cause it's like in an almost ironic way, Daniel Radcliffe does a similar thing and we talked about him in Army Man, but he, he's done a lot of. You know, pretty, um, not totally indie films, mm. but like a lot of films that are kind of on less people's radars than something like Harry Potter, for example. Um, and I do appreciate when actors are able to do that. Yeah. yeah. I think Rob Patterson kind of knocked it out of the park with some of that stuff.
0: No, that's, uh, that's definitely true. I am looking forward to seeing what happens. Uh, managed to catch the Batgirl trailer, uh, this oh, okay. last week.
1: Wow. That was a, I think I watched it on mute on Facebook. Well, I don't think I've, what, like, sat down and watched it properly.
0: Yeah, didn't miss much. Not Can't say I'm looking forward to that.
1: It looked weird. She literally just looked like Christian Bale's Batman. Like, the outfit. Like, it just... It looked, like, identical. And I was like, this is a bit odd. Are they trying to do something mm. different here? or I don't
0: know. No, exactly. I can't
1: really judge. If I saw it on mute. Like, I don't really have a <laughs> perspective on it. You know? Have you got d-
0: any trailers recently?
1: Uh, Not really. Taking it back to... um what we are just talking about with Tarantino because mm. I haven't seen that new trailer yet. I know there's a new trailer Yes, um, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I, I still haven't seen it yet which is, I, I remember I was going to like, it came up and I was ready to watch it but I was like, oh, I, I've got something else. Let, me, let me get back to it in a minute and I just never got around to it but even though I am really keen and to get back to your question earlier, I am very excited for it just because the, the trailers look really, again, fun. I understand the concern that people mm. are going to have. Um, but I'm just I'm just looking. You're right. This, the performances that Tarantino is able to get out of his actors that's looks like the the real fun part right there.
0: I think the marketing point is Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Exactly. See what happens.
1: I'm surprised having only seen that first teaser they dropped. I'm shocked at how little um Margot Robbie's in the trailers. She might be a lot in the new trailer. I haven't seen yet, mm, but
0: not excessively.
1: So, okay. Well, they, there you go. I'm surprised how little of a role she because I remember when she got cast that was a big deal. And, um, I don't know, they haven't really gone far from there. But, again, I haven't seen the trailer. I'm excited for the film, though. hmm And that, you're right, that's soon. And then you've got, you're right, this is actually a pretty big summer. Because you've got, like, Toy Story 4 in, like, two weeks or
0: something. Huge. That's pretty And, I mean, next week soon. on the show, I'm sure we'll be talking about another sort of film that's probably going to be dominating our summer. But we'll tell you about oh, that a little bit oh, later get
1: on. will get to, you know, in a little bit of a minute, eh? Yes. Um, no, no, but you're right, it's a big summer and I'm... Should be fun.
0: Well, I mean, even shifting more locally to, mm-hmm. you know, the Perth region a couple of months, we've got to have a couple of festivals coming our oh, way. don't know Revelation? Got Revelation, then, then w- a couple months after a,
1: that. I want to go to a few of those, a um, few of the screenings I got for that, because that looks
0: cool. Yeah. Some and some I mean, Revelation, a uh, bit of Perth know-how right now, and I'm <laughs> sure if I get some of this wrong, I'm sure our buddy Jesse Newell will come uh, in and correct something. Actually,
1: that reminds me, before I forget... So I wanted to save this. I haven't even told you yet about, oh uh, yeah, about last week. Here's the thing. There was a little boo-boo in some of the stuff that we said last week um, that was so astronomically amazing how we made this error okay. that I had to research it. Okay. I was like, how did this happen? And the results mm-hmm. are spectacular. Okay. So I wrote this down. So when we came out of Rocket Man, we talked yes. about how you and Jack looked up um, the director and uh, some of the previous works this director had done. Yes. Is it Dexter Fletcher? Yes. Is that it? Yeah. Um, so we had come to the conclusion that his only other film he had done, other than Helping in Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, was the Sherlock Gnomes film, and that was his directorial debut. Turns oh, out... We're about to get served, Here's the thing. So Dexter Fletcher actually has nothing to do with that film and has directed several other films. I see. Uh, he's directed stuff like Wild Bill, Sunshine of leaf, leaf, leaf. I don't know. And Eddie the Eagle. So I found this out, and of course our boy Jesse Newell came to the rescue and uh, pointed it out to me. And I said, "That's in- how did we? How did that happen? Mm-hmm. How in the world did we get to this conclusion?"
0: Does it start so with like, Jack and end with Bet? <laughs> 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 it's
1: all your fault, Jack. No, well I did some research. I was like, okay, well who actually directed Sherlock Gnomes? And it was a guy named John Stevenson. And I was okay. like, okay, how does how do we where does this all come from? So I looked it up. Sherlock Gnomes was produced by a company called Rocket Pictures. And what other film did Rocket Pictures work on with Paramount? Rocket Man. So somehow wow. we got all these titles mixed up and ended up with Dexter Fletcher <laughs> directly. I think we just need to Sherlock summon Gnomes. Jesse and
0: just have him in the corner just coordinating <laughs> our talk. Because we're really coming across quite uneducated. I think
1: that's I just this is the most amazing era of all time. I had to like
0: No, it's fair. Yeah. I think it's um it's funny because it it'll be like Cinema Sideshow, the home of ninety percent correct information, ten percent astronomically wrong <laughs> but so
1: just uh just keep your ears open i guess but uh, i think i think jesse's uh sharp on the ears at the moment for uh i more, think he's just sitting there ones. with his
0: laptop half the time
1: he's <laughs> um, got wikipedia open ready
0: to go uh jesse why'd he do this to us that's fair i yeah. mean i could see the eddie the eagle stuff and then there's the Taryn edgington mm. connection i yes, guess but. well
1: exactly and that, that was the thing and he was obviously in that um, you know, same direction. I guess that's obviously how we would have got the part mm. in Rocket Man, I suppose. Um, but no, I just I thought that was such an amazing, like, mm. how did we get to that conclusion? I, I had something to do with that, surely the whole rocket naming mm. stuff. But um,
0: it was but, fascinating. But yeah, yeah, no. So like Revelation, uh, Film Festival is one that's of right, our bigger <laughs> West Australian film festivals that we have here. We have that, and we have Cinefest Oz. And which will be coming, I think, a month or two after Revelation. Yeah, not
1: too long after, I don't think.
0: Both in quick succession. And hopefully (laughs) one day we'll be able to tell you about a movie that we have in one of those festivals. Mm. But right now we'll just be going to them. And I know SIF is next weekend, the Sydney International Film Festival. Is that next weekend? I think so. Cool. Or the following weekend. It's very close.
1: Yeah, very soon. I wouldn't know know about that. We're
0: now going through, I think, a lot of the Australian films Big Australian ones that kind of come around. They start in May and they tend to go up to about September, mm. and then the student ones.
1: We got the student one, yeah, in December. They kind the of Uni Unis was one of them. Yeah, but um, no, you're right. That's coming up real soon, and I'm actually that's actually kind of cool. I think we can make a big kind of deal out of that because I want to go and see a, a, a yeah. Wide I'd selection like to of talk about more locally based
0: sort of stuff too. Um, I mean, as you know, one of your Good Mates was working mm. on a couple of those films that will be in Revelations programs. So that's pretty yeah. sweet. Well, I might
1: as well give that a shout out now because I've worked with, um, and you worked with too Nikisha yes, Moody, who um, helped us out on The Pretender, mm-hmm. and she's helped me out on a Disconnected and something I'll talk about in a moment. But a very recent thing that we just released, we worked on closely together as well. Um, and also, the two of us are working together on um, X Rental as well. So mm-hmm. she's DOPing um, while I'm directing. Um, she worked on two shorts that are actually playing at the same event. That's pretty so cool. I think it's called uh, Get Your Shorts On. I think that's actually the name of the screening. Uh, that, yep, Get Your uh, get your Shorts On 2019. So that's the name of the screening at Luna, uh, in support of Revelation Film Festival. And uh, you guys should come to that because I'm definitely going to it. And uh, yeah, it should be good. So the film, the one she worked on was um, Jedi, The Broom Brawler, and uh, Single Ladies is like a web series. With Jedi being one
0: of the, well, pretty synonymous with Murdoch University uh, alumni. Big talk
1: around our town.
0: Huge talk around (laughs) our town. For better or worse. For better or
1: worse. But um, I'm excited to go to that screening. And, and there's were... several there's several other shorts as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'll be keen to finally see that movie after much talk. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, you haven't seen it yet. I've never seen it. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it on our laptop. Uh had a good vibe?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> a decisive yep. <laughs> I
1: don't know how much I can say because it's uh it's not technically released yet. <laughs> We're really elevating Prob- our Probably. we're getting
0: privy screenings now. Yeah, I know, we're, next just, we're just so cinema such getting
1: going international, <laughs> getting baby.
0: I know, we're getting big. We have a real fact checker ready to go. <laughs> we'll
1: just hire Jesse. Well, i mean, Give him in chump change. mean, you want to shift into more <laughs> career based sort yeah, of talk? Um so it's what I was looting at before. I just released my um the corporate video that I mentioned a few weeks ago. Um so me and Keish actually work very close closely on that together, the mm-hmm. back lot Um, like a little four-minute corporate video. uh, what's the Backlot? So the Backlot Perth, which is actually where we did our disconnected screening, if you Mm -hmm. want to go back to episode seven of the show to hear more about. Um, And it's basically a one-screen theatre in South Perth, uh, and it's a very multi-purpose theatre. So, you know, you can go there for, uh, you know, like live streams of, like, music concerts, or, you know, you can go for film screenings, you can bring your corporates. They're, they do like a lot of VR stuff now. They're doing a lot more
0: experimental stuff. You can get to uh, host a QA. Oh, so uh, yeah,
1: that's true. You <laughs> well can. You very well can. Uh, but yeah, you're right. And then you can like, book out the place as well. And all these uh, schmancy things you can do, which if you want to go on uh, Clicker and look up that video now, you can. So a little four minute video. And what's really exciting is that even though you can watch this video online, uh, they're actually going to play it at Backlot. Uh, ahead of uh, a bunch of their corporate screenings and stuff like that, so pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. You know, me and Keish, we actually we delivered it this morning the DCP, and we watched it on the big screen for the first time. It was it's always an awesome experience. am mm. excited for her more than me because I've had that with disconnected. Um, so it was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm I'm getting used to this kind of thing now. But I think I think for Keish especially, it was a great experience. That's cool. Um, since she was the DOP, so she got to see what it looked like. Properly stretched, not bloody playing off laptop or anything like that. Properly done, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. Well, you know what you released that we completely forgot to talk about last week. You did what? your you did your doco.
0: Oh yeah, you released a doco. We completely we just, forgot to talk yeah, about I just, it last week. We to talk about it last week. Yeah, we so just funny. didn't mention it at um, all. Yeah, no, I think. Um, wow, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> legitimate as- astonishment on this show. Yeah, so I guess. We released a documentary. I guess we released it. I we guess. released a documentary <laughs> um, that was shot predominantly in the late stages of last year and made last year. But we tried to push it at a couple of festivals in the, the middle, the interim. And because we started delivering more consistent content over ZKJ, which hopefully in the next couple of weeks will kind of tie that all into a knot and commence the the mm, next chapter. The next phase. The next phase, if you will. We're out of the end game now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a documentary addressing the homeless uh, problem that we have here in Perth. It was directed by me, uh, edited by me, but um, produced by Jack Bett. Ooh, Jackie um, boy. And sound was done by Jack. I think that's what the credit was and cinematography was <laughs> uh Chloe Holmes. Um so oh, Chloe. pretty s- you know both been previous both, guests
1: both on the show at the same time.
0: Um they were wow. If you um, want to watch our review of us and both we'll people listen. that are pretty synonymous now with my own work with Cr- the ZKJ chain. Oh yeah, I mean well Jack is ZKJ and Chloe's been pretty affiliated with us over the last year. Over the last year, yeah, I think you'd say she's the K, ZK. Yeah, we've always ZK, joked KJ about now. the Chloe with the K. Um, <laughs> she's got to change her name. Um, no, she's got to legally do it. But yeah, no, it's honestly, it's been pretty cool. Uh, honest, like it was a really tough couple of months, and it came out really well. Uh, we tried something different with it. We tried a, kind of a grading trick with this one. Yeah,
1: tell me about the grade because this is this came out really well in my opinion. But tell our uh, tell our listeners what that yeah, was
0: about. Yeah, so. I wanted to start with in the earlier stages of production. I wanted to tell a very simple like story, um, about where we had this problem mm. and how we're going to address it. In hindsight, yeah. And I and wanted to try. And, um, <laughs> so as of right, as of twenty fifteen, uh, Australia's youth homeless was under the age of twenty five was at forty two percent. And we also had the highest homeless per capita, which basically means the highest percentage of homeless people uh, in any city in Australia. Which I I thought was an astounding statistic given that we don't have a huge population, but Mm. the fact that there was quite a big amount. And I started to notice in the later parts of last year when when I was going out and sort of indulging on kind of a materialistic level seeing how many homeless people were just kind of situated around Frio and Perth. And I was a little bit like, started to bum me out a little bit. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, what we can, and if somebody's not super financially wealthy, it was kind of like, well, how, how close is that line to me? Mm. Um, and so for the next couple of months, pitched the idea as we all had to pitch an idea. Got the I green light. Got the green light. Um, and then we made it and they were some very long, nights and it came out really well, but the grade, um, was sort of like, I wanted it to be desaturated. That was sort of uh, on a surface level. That's like, I was like, sets the tone, sets the dire, Mm -hmm. kind of erases, uh, sort of, I saw it as a way of like trying to erase the line between wealthy and not wealthy. Yeah. That's, that was on the surface level I wanted to do, but I got part of the way through I got through the full assemble edit and it was in the rough cut. And I was like, this looks good, but it gets flat after a while. And okay, so I sort of wanted to try and do something a little bit more unique where I did like keyframe grading, where it was like, it got progressively more saturated at a point and then crescendoed out at the end. Mm. And I wanted to make it so subtle that people on an, like an eye level wouldn't notice the change unless they literally clicked one minute and then right. 14 minutes and it was two different they
1: kind of scro- they use this, use well, they the scroll they used this used scroll back and
0: forth yeah and i think it came out pretty well
1: i think it came out great as well because again it's one of the things even me knowing that process and you doing that and me knowing that's what the film's mm-hmm. doing um i always forget and it kind of clicks for me halfway through i'm like oh yeah i forgot this like you, you start to notice it it's very subtle mm. so it's yeah. good
0: and I, I think it came out well. I'm not sure I'd redo that technique in the future. Okay. Um, I just sort of... One and done. It, it, yeah. We so we do this thing where we always try different things. And I think each of our films over the last couple of years have tackled different styles and different tones. Mm. And um, I want to keep doing that because uh, I want to make every experience that we make fresh and unique mm. and not samey, with its themes or its script or its style. Because, you know, if you try all... It's it's the same thing with roles on a set. If you try all different roles and you try and perfect each role, you now become the most div You become a Swiss army knife mm. on set. And like as a director, that's great because it's like... If well, you, you understand everyone's roles at that You point. understand everyone's place on a set. You may not understand it's the same industry level they do, but you understand enough to know when they're talking at you, you can interpret some of this. Yeah. It's like knowing a dialect. And yeah,
1: what's the fundamentals that yeah. you really need to know? Yeah.
0: And the older I've gotten and the longer we've been doing this, the more roles of interest me mm. outside of directing. Okay. I definitely think, like, this year has definitely been a huge year for sound. Yeah. And particularly between me and Jack and, like, wanting to... Because that's the thing that just rings over and over in my head is just every person at our age, the biggest thing that gets neglected by a mile, it ain't a grade, It it's not the camera movement, it's not even the performances, it literally is the sound, because it just, people right. just don't address it, or they don't treat it correctly, and they think chucking uh, a D noise filter, which I, I'm a full... <laughs> Fully, res- fully done it before. <laughs> thinking like, ah, oh, oh, it was recorded on like you this know will a, a brew. It just and it, then it get that disgusting aquary sound where it's mm. like underwater and it's like if you take it, but it takes time. They all take time to really yeah, exactly. shoot really well. That takes time. It then takes like I was explaining to you today. It's like you literally have to go. All right, I want to learn every aspect of how a camera works. I now have to watch. But, of course, now the best part about wanting to learn this stuff is it's a click away. You know, YouTube yeah, pretty
1: accessible now,
0: an infinite, which is why it's always been kind of baffling to me why there are people, even in our own closer proximity, mm. who have these tools, but they don't use them. Mm. They don't step outside. They don't try and... And and learn this stuff. It's it's no different to If I wanted to be a banker and I needed to learn how, I want to be a really good businessman. I need to learn all the business practices, you know. Or yeah. if I want to be a really good tradesman, or need to learn all the how the tools are being used. It's and it, it's it's been baffling, but that's definitely yeah. been the message for the first half. Well, of Well, think year. it's
1: interesting you bring that up because I think um, you know us being uni students as well. I think. Because we're in this position and uh, almost have this like crux of having tutors around and kind of this idea of like oh well we're here now so mm-hmm. we should just get taught everything, yeah. Which you know, theoretically, right? like, I mean, it's probably not the worst mindset in the world. I mean, it? it comes back but...
0: to high school mindset. Where well, it's
1: the like... high school mindset. But what what it is is um it, someone who would go into a course you know mm-hmm. like a screen course with no real prior knowledge or. Um, deep interest. I imagine if you're going into the course in first year, you have some sort of interest in it, but um, you don't necessarily have to have this requirement of like having done all this kind of work on your own before. Mm. And I think um, I know, I know myself, I spent a lot of time working on, you know, just a lot of projects and films and all that kind of stuff. uh, Well, before stepping into uni. Well, I was about,
0: I was about to say that mm. I think not only a crutch is like tutors and teachers, a crutch is your other crewmen. Because if you are so reliant on one crew to do all of that area, to do all of the sound, all of the cinematography, all of the producing, when that person's not there, there's no one to pick up the slack. And the whole, I think the whole thing lies in the fact that that's what makes you, if you're a jack of all trades, then you, you know, if you lose, you may not be doing it as well as them, but you're not going to fail.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I agree that you need you need to be a jack of all trades at some point, especially mm-hmm. early on, before you mm-hmm. kind of hone in on whatever role you want to do. But yeah. I mean, more specifically, what I'm talking about um, is when you don't go to uni for this stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're someone like me who spent a lot of time trying to learn stuff before you know being, I guess, you know, properly educated, quote unquote, about it, you do spend a lot more time going out of your way to learn tricks yourself. You would have to learn stuff yourself. Mm. And I think being at uni, even if it's not really intentionally done, you, I think you do get a lot... Because I, like, I get a little lazier with that kind of stuff because I just expect, oh, my, well, why can't I just get taught this in class? Mm. You're right, there's a bit of more elbow grease that needs to go into that kind of thing. And I think uni kind of goes against that in some ways.
0: I think that's the thing that when we walk away maybe six months from now when we're pushing on like episode 50, we'll be mm. talking about how... It really is that extra ten percent. The the when oh, it's all said and done, what else yeah, is the, the thing? And yeah, I think it's a good talking point to have at this point, episode twenty. You know, <laughs> this, we get a bit serious.
1: Get a bit serious in episode twenty. I think I think it's us just adjusting. We're in the we in the process of. Uh, you're right. One foot out the door, and then we'll be on our we'll be on our break again, and we can relax. But it's still a little wee minute. Uh, Before we move on, Zeke... Are we doing an update? We're doing another update on the box office of Avengers Endgame! (laughs) Now, I know we said episode 23 is going to be our cutoff point.
0: What are we at? Episode 20?
1: This is episode 20 now. Yes. And uh, we're doing this a little later than usual, which means our Saturday numbers are in. Oh, baby. Which is always a good sign, because it made an additional 15 million this Saturday. Which is pretty good because that's kind of all I need at this point. Avengers Endgame is currently at $2,713,000,000, which puts it at just, uh, what was that, $70, $74,000,000 short of Avatar.
0: This is going to come down to the wire.
1: It's going to come down to the wire, man. 74000000 in what, three weeks? That's yeah. quite doable,
0: and even at this stage. it's all dependent on what day we do the podcast in episode 23.
1: <laughs> that Saturday, man, is going to... And oh. it's a good
0: chance because it'll be on a Sunday because we're all going to be in the break. And I can tell you...
1: I'm actually pretty busy. That su- I don't know if I'm, like, when I finish that Sunday, but I'm at an all-day event that Sunday. I'm, oh. not, I'm not even joking. A
0: bit of shenanigans going on I'm here. I'm not
1: even joking. I-, I might be back by, like, 7 o'clock. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, <laughs> that's what's happening. I'm not joking. I this actually going to be an, an Interesting
0: event. podcast, I tell you. Yeah,
1: James, you haven't said anything in a while. Like, are you are you just getting lost in our words or something? I've been sitting here watching you guys in the corner the whole
0: time. Ah, oh, fair enough. It's a bit weird. It's I thought a bit that was weird.
1: Jesse's spot in the corner. where He's going to do
0: our notes. I guess he's just hanging out. Fair enough. Well, we might as well move into our movie of the week, Jake. Yeah. What, what why are we watching? No.
1: What are we watching? We are watching Bottle Rocket.
0: Bob? Hey! Stop! Go! Stop! Go! On the run from Johnny Law. Did he give Force you the keys? Did he give you the keys? Pole vaulting, laughing gas, for choppers. Can you see how incredible this is going to be? Excuse me, are the, are the explosives really necessary? They're not really criminals, but everybody's got to have a dream.
1: Hmm. A cracking comedy caper from Wes Anderson, adapted from his short film and co-written with Owen Wilson, of all people, Bottle Rocket is an offbeat tale of dysfunctional criminals determined to make it big any which way they can, even if it means tipping over themselves to do it. Wow, I meant tripping, not tipping. Oh, thanks. (laughs) You're going for your Owen Wilson or your Luke Wilson with that one? Well,
0: we don't know because I didn't even realize they were brothers till about halfway through the movie.
1: (laughs) You were making things like, oh wow, they're so similar. I thought you knew they were brothers. No, I wasn't.
0: I wasn't taking the piss. I literally was like that. I had the epiphany. They were, you know, wow, crazy. And I like
1: how the character Luke Wilson's character in this has a brother who also sounds like them.
0: (laughs) It's confusing. It's pretty good. What a mess.
1: So we're doing our director's corner, episode twenty. Yeah. So what what what's your thoughts on Wes Anderson?
0: Um, I'm a little bit meh, I'm Wes Anderson. Okay. Um personally think um, like I said to you when we were watching Bottle Rocket with James, uh, that it's just a bit exhausting, you know. Right. Like, okay. like he, he, he the characters can either be so flat. And obviously, it's intentional. i'm I'm not stupid. Um, <laughs> or they could be incredibly energetic and like in this this case, where mm-hmm. they're all going at like one hundred and fifty ks now, an hour. Yeah. and it's like it's just a little bit or like miles
1: oh. for American listeners,
0: yeah. And I think I don't know. I've never really clicked, and i I've seen a couple of them too. I haven't just seen fantastic Mr. Fox or Isle of dogs. I've seen you know Grand Budapest Hotel. I saw The Royal Tenenbaums maybe twenty or thirty films ago, and and that film, especially Royal Tenenbaums, has mm. been critically acclaimed as probably his best film. I think it's that, or and I haven't seen things like Life Aquatic or Moonrise Kingdom, which I know some it's people. Been a lot would, of films, bloody hell. yeah, yeah. Um, and I, for me, they just don't click. And I think I Love Dogs is honestly the only one I've walked, or, and Fantastic Mr. Fox, okay. Which I enjoyed. It's stop but, motion stuff. Yeah. Honestly, Isle of Dogs is literally his best film, I think. And Him. I just enjoy it. It's great. It has a great message. Um, it's compelling. The characters are great. Brian Cranston is great. Um, Love me some uh, Brian Cranston. Honestly, it's just a really good film. And it's... and the, the obviously, Let alone the animation's gorgeous. And I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is good. It has some bits I'm a bit, au- a bit awkward, but not funny awkward. They're just... Mm. What? That's Fair my re- that's my yeah. response. And uh, but and yeah. that's
1: our review of Bottle
0: Rocket. Yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to talk about this film because this film actually. Eh.
1: Yeah. Um. So, what about you, James? What's your uh, kind of take on Wes Anderson?
0: Yeah, as a, as a, I consider myself a connoisseur of Wes Anderson films. A connoisseur, you say? Mm. Well, I mean, that's that's promising. It's more promising than me. I'm the one who's talking about stuff. But apparently, uh, he hasn't even seen *Royal Tenenbaums*
1: unbelievable.
0: All well, right. you know what? Keeps preaching about life aquatic though. I don't. Here's I've... the
1: thing. I haven't seen either of those films either. And I'm going to say it, risk of being shot in the face
0: uh, by filmies.
1: I haven't seen any Wes Anderson film until 2 hours ago when we sat down and watched Bottle Rocket together.
0: Yes wowsers. Wowsers. Wow. I was, like, was going to shoot me just No, <laughs> I, cause it's like, I'm like one of those people. I remember being a couple of years ago when everyone was like, we've talked about this. It's like, I feel like Edgar Wright and Wes Anderson are like the film nerds. Okay. I've seen, like, I've seen gods. Edgar Wright's work
1: tons of them, So don't worry yeah, about that. <laughs> but it's
0: like, it's like when I walked in, and was like, I want to learn about films. And everyone was like, "What's your favorite movie?" It would either be like, "I was hear- a Dark Knight," <laughs> and I, I think I would probably, I would have said something along the lines of like a Nolan film or *Pulp Fiction*. It's um, the two
1: that anyone always says. Oh, is that they, they're the two? Is it really the
0: two I always heard? I always got *Scott Pilgrim*. Okay, fair enough. I got *Scott Pilgrim*, *Hot Fuzz*, okay, or, they're all like or or Rosa. *Royal Tenenbaums*. I've was,
1: never heard anyone say that before as their favorite film.
0: Um... It was always pop fiction and pop
1: fiction and dark knight. Okay. So <laughs> Everyone. That's crazy. But that's uh, the thing. Yeah.
0: I think I would have gone with at that point I would have only been able to I probably would have picked like a Taylor Sheridan film. It would have been like Hella High Water or yeah, Wind i never known my favourite film. I mean, I could never properly answer the question. It exactly. would have just been yeah. the best film I'd seen in recent memory.
1: Yeah, well, exactly, which I think that's where a lot of people came with Dark Knight. It was like, oh, it was the best one in the last 10 years, I remember, mm. sort of thing. So, yeah, I guess 11 years Yeah,
0: now. no, I I think that's pretty crazy, because I know Wes Anderson's style has kind of become incredibly synonymous. Like, yeah. even in The Pretender, the top-down stuff is kind of a correlated version of, like, our, our attempt at some more... Wes Anderson like stuff. Mm. Um, and it doesn't feel out of place in that film. It would have actually been cooler to do an extended version and do more of that stuff.
1: Okay, fitted in more sort of thing with yeah. even more hammer it down, I guess.
0: But then it's also the type of, uh, cause James really likes that style. Um, but I think that's not the tone I wanted to go with that film. Um, the Pretender in particular. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't
1: um, fit to hammer it in too much. But it, we gave it its nice homage, I'd I I'd like to go
0: for a, a more comedy-based one. Maybe a certain script that maybe Jack might be making. Mm. Well, Rocket enough.
1: has a lot of that comedy aspect. And like you know, like we were saying, you, mm. you just said Wes Anderson has a much um, very well-known distinctive style to his mm-hmm. filmmaking to the point where I... Like I said, this is the first time I've seen any of his films.
0: That's pretty crazy. And I
1: recognised it a lot in his first film.
0: So... But- See, it's good to see that. Yeah. Like, I don't know, we, there's a bit of context to this stuff. Like, Jake and I, what, last year? We mm. were watching a bunch of short films from That's directors.
1: Right. Yeah, it would have been, like, right at the start of this year or something, like six um, seven months ago.
0: wasn't too long ago, and we watched, like, Cummins, Thunder Road, and uh, Christopher Nolan's, like, Doodlebug, and this one.
1: Scorsese, did he do the, um, he wasn't the skateboard one, was he? Or was it Anderson? No, that was Finch,
0: wasn't it? Fincher, wasn't it? Wow, really? Might have been Fincher, I'm pretty sure. Fair
1: enough. Um, but half the film's skateboard tricks.
0: I mean, that makes sense, because he was a music video person first.
1: Oh, you're probably right then. That, was something, I, you're right, that's It was true. a
0: director like that, if I recall. It was no, I think you're like, right, I think it was Fincher. Um,
1: But um, you're right, among these we saw the short film that this film is based on.
0: Yeah, which, uh, although scenes from this film are in that short film the short film on a color grading level is in black and white yeah. which is baffling and is also very student film in that sense of well when in doubt just put it in black and white right <laughs> um for well, how
1: many years split it doesn't we actually have the blu-ray right here for visual aid um, It does not say on here... I think, like, Bottle Rocket... This is 96, I'm pretty sure, Bottle mm-hmm. Rocket.
0: And I think 94 was the short that film. That sounds
1: about right, yeah. So, quick
0: turnaround, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's in... true.
1: To do a feature, and oh, this is obviously his first feature. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you see? I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Maybe. might just check it now, because I'm so bloody... But, yeah. Uh, okay, so what what are your general
0: reactions?
1: To Bottle Rocket? Yeah. I think um, I definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, like I said, there was even though I haven't seen any of it, uh, any of his other films, um, his style is so distinctive that I picked it. And plus, we've seen like scenes, so I've I've, I've seen scenes mm-hmm. from like you know Grand Budapest Hotel and stuff like that. Where um, I could just kind of understand the use of color, the way mm-hmm. he frames shots is always interesting. Yeah, he's like top down stuff. Just these the actual inserts are so interestingly shot and edited into the yeah. rest of the film. Um, so and I don't feel s-
0: out of pace. They're always keeping with the pace.
1: Well, I think the pace actually... It's funny because you said you felt really exhausted mm-hmm. during that first act. I felt like it kind of slowed down a lot after that, especially when they're at the hotel mm-hmm. through the most of the second act. Like, Not that it was slow. It was still pretty like fast-paced, and I kind of enjoyed it. And I was like, all right, cool, we're getting through this quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely felt way slower than... The start, But I appreciated it throughout um, the film. I thought it was a really good film.
0: Yeah. No, that's fair. I think um, there are sequences I enjoyed. Um, I like the use of colour, which you can totally... The great thing about these films is they're always... They're trying to be... We're trying to do this corner thing because it's a a way of showcasing where a director starts and their origins Mm. of thought in everything they do, from characters to visuals to... Sound, uh soundtrack, the the costumes, the production design, every element you can every think of. Every little piece of um, filmmaking. And this film definitely see it has a lot of, as you said, the the color palette really is it's white, red, and gold. Yeah, white. absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, and it keeps with
1: well it. more yellow than gold even. Yeah. As a as a colorblind person, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. So I think. um, that's really. It was a really cool uh, color palette, and uh, it worked really well. And I do think you're correct. I think the story slows down. That might have been due to like budgetary constraints, and but it's still a gorgeous film. It's like,
1: oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you you said there's um first off, the, the short film I just checked is 1993, so uh, very very close we were. But you're right. That's still a short turnaround. Yeah, three years. Absolutely. You know, from going from a short to your first feature. Um, uh, like you said, a lot of the scenes that in Bottle Rocket. A scenes that have essentially ripped right out of the short film. Um, and you even ask, and you're like, is this the is this the exact same shots? Yeah. And um, I didn't think it was because I felt, I felt like this was way cleaner. And here's the an interesting thing. So we watched this on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And up until very recently, we didn't realize we could even get this on Blu-ray. Because I remember Jack saying, yeah. it, and we're going to pin it on Jack again. He's the one who said <laughs> that apparently Wes Anderson films are very hard to find on Blu-ray.
0: They are. Uh, Isle of Dogs is the only one that I've ever found on Blu-ray. Okay, that's All the others I've watched on DVD.
1: Okay, because I was prepared to buy this on DVD. Yeah. I remember I was just waiting, I was at home, I was waiting around for like an export of something, I said, I'm just going to go and check, because the JB Hi-Fi website had, there was a Blu-ray copy existed, but it said like delivery only sort of thing, and I drove up and it was just sitting there. I was like, wow, that that's cool on Blu-ray. So no,
0: it's that's pretty cool. Um,
1: and it was done by I think it was Umbrella. Was it Umbrella Entertainment? Did, were they involved in like the Bubba Look, the actual
0: film? Maybe they're DVD? Into the smaller stuff. Yeah,
1: maybe. Yeah, because I know I know there's actually a weird culture of like really small-time DVD. I know BoJack Season One's on DVD, and it's done by this like random company that just does like DVD distribution. And it's like the laziest effort. <laughs> Which makes me feel bad because like they could have done so much, and the same with this Blu-ray. It's literally just play film and scene yeah. selection. Well, which Nebraska's
0: just... like that too, is it? Yeah, Nebraska's Damn. just the play menu. That's annoying.
1: I didn't even notice that when I just when I put it in. You're but, just too um, busy enjoying. I was the enjoying film. the film. I was very enticed with the story. No, but um, I thought that was just an interesting thing to throw mm. because again, that's that's to do with Wes Anderson, I suppose. Mm. Um, but it was a real great remaster. Well,
0: yeah, it was. I mean, if we're gonna let's let's touch into the stories because okay. the story is centered around a mentally. Uh, what? Well, i Olmourson's character is mm. mentally ill. Technically, is um, he? Okay. I mean, he he's leaving a mental hospital.
1: Oh, that's right. I guess, but I mean, he he definitely doesn't act the part. And he seems quite sane, but just a bit. Sporadic, I suppose. I guess
0: that's to do with... It's probably to do with Wes Anderson's writing and directing. And mm. a lot of people have attest that he is very regimented um, on how he wants things. He wants things a certain way. Yeah. But it's hard not to see the seeds of fluidity, particularly in his camera movement. I remember saying to you mm. there was a shot where Owen Wilson's coming from the second level down at the first level. Oh,
1: that was a great little transition.
0: And it was a crane shot. But it was seamless, and it was just like it was so quick your, as well. You're your right. eyes didn't even realize that the transition had happened. That's how smooth it was, and you were yeah. just like, "I see." This just gets, and it gets more fluid the the longer like his career has gone on. Obviously, because he's got yeah. access to more resources to make more fluid camera motion. There's
1: a similar shot um, when they're at the the gas station, mm. and I th- it's Owen Wilson, and I think I think he's talking to to Luke Wilson's character. I mm-hmm. think, um, and. He kind of. <laughs> I was like. Because it was almost like a musical moment where he kind of takes a sidestep and the camera pulls from this like medium wide of the two of them and just kind of pulls up to a close up of his face. And it's like any other movie, that would be a cut. But the yeah. camera actually kind of moves into that position and then just stays on him for a while. And I thought that was interesting.
0: It's a weird sort of fly on the wall, is what he always mm. likes to do with his work. Um, And that's definitely the point of these director corners is to highlight this stuff. And he definitely fit feels like he always tries to i mean the, the big skill with him has is he's always been outside of his animation realm Is he's always been trying to make uh stories out of nothing it yeah. always feels like particularly with his earlier films like this film clearly has its budgetary restraints but makes it as interesting as possible you know mm. it avoids uh in the, like for example a good comparison is in the short film uh, when they're robbing the library, or library, or the bookstore,
1: something like it's, it's, a it's been a while since I watched that short. But um, yeah, i you're right. They out. cut
0: around that; they don't actually rob the place. They yeah. just it cuts to post robbery, and then well, this once
1: we see the robberies. E- oh,
0: Force for, for, for is probably an interesting way of describing. it. I would say <laughs> anything about what they did was forceful. Um, I don't uh, look. I don't know how I feel about this film. I think this film okay. has its definitely has its. Ticks uh, as a first feature, huge ticks. You can clearly see people are like, I see the seeds of success in this director. Absolutely. Um, But his style isn't really for me. I think the story definitely after the first act slows right down. Mm. Um, And as you talked about, not every loose end is tied or arc is complete. Yeah,
1: I, I mentioned, I was kind of waiting for this and there's a credits roll. I kind of noticed this and spoilers if you care, the film's while well, like 13, no, 23 years old now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, the uh, And how am I forgetting her name? But the sort of the love, in- Ines, the love interest of uh, Luke Wilson's character. The, the, I, I didn't personally feel like there was any sort of tie. He, he tracks her down by mobile... Or phone rather, and uh, he's like, "Did you? You said you loved me?" Mm. And she's like, "Yeah, I did." And he's happy and dancing around, and
0: that's it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, then okay. they go fail to rob the place at the uh, the end, pretty yeah. much, which was all uh, that was fun.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, this film did have a lot of conv- I can totally to do add it. to American Animals. No, to um. Oh, I'm forgetting it now. What's the Russo Brothers film? Oh, the work of Collinwood. Col- I said it. I said, well, what's it? While watching You're it. so correct, though. It's got a band of. Okay, they probably don't refine the band of misfits as much as they do in Collinwood. Mm. In Collinwood, every character gets arcs, and I actually think the Russo's do a better job at tying it up.
1: Which is because they have way more characters.
0: Ah, uh, I think the ending is probably just, no, it's probably more underwhelming in Collinwood than it is in this film. I think this film...
1: I agree, yeah, to an I think an this extent. film yeah. has
0: a better conclusion than Collinwood, but I think, uh, yeah. I, I f- think I enjoyed that more. First time
1: directors, man, and their band of misfit thieves in it's their films. Sam. Themes.
0: But I think this one has a... <laughs> this one does have a really good bookmark, start, finish. Um, yeah. and... That it's that second act that kind of slows down and sort of starts to showcase more what Wes Anderson films are going to become. For example, you can see like this was just the step towards things like Budapest Hotel where mm. characters are essentially just telling stories and sitting around and talking, whereas this one... Um, it'll be interesting to see in the coming weeks if you watch any other Wes Anderson films. I would films. definitely
1: love to catch um other dogs, of course. Like I've just heard mm. so much about it. Um, but yeah, just some of the other stuff that he's done, I'll love to catch on when I can. Yeah. Because well, I think that second act, I actually really, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Maybe it is. I really liked it though. All the stuff at the hotel.
0: Okay. Like, I wasn't a huge fan, but.
1: Okay. Like even the love story stuff. And, like, there's funny I scenes. I like, I I like I think It's a funny movie. I
0: mean, we can move into highlight scenes because I've got a couple. Have uh, um, you got anything else you'd like to?
1: I guess, no. I mean, the music, I really enjoy the music. You can't say you didn't enjoy the music. There was
0: some fun music. <laughs> I thought the music reminded me of Sims 3, but that means technically, <laughs> technically, put it, put it on. Sims 3 reminds this of Bottle Rocket because Bottle Rocket came before Sims 3. So yeah, Bottle that would Rocket. be
1: pretty technically impressive of Sims 3 if it came out in 1995 or something like that.
0: Yes. It'd be
1: pretty impressive. But when did I'm the not... first Sims come
0: out, Zeke? 2001? 2002?
1: No, that's like Sims 2 era.
0: No, well, seems
1: busting out for PlayStation Two.
0: We'll bust it out, but yeah, let's Jake, find this out. Would you like to <laughs> t- tell us of any of your highlight scenes? Um, okay, yeah, highlight
1: scenes. Um, gosh, I'm not really sure. Uh, it came out in 2000, by the way, the original Sims, 2001 so was my I'll, guess. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, oh, this is tricky because, like, you're right. We came out pretty fresh. Um. Oh, you tell me your highlight scenes because I'm I'm okay, still thinking. Okay, so of...
0: I like the robbery at the start. I think the robbery okay. is kind of a collection of like it. It was a joke I made about the American animal stuff because I think they do a way more serious version of this. But it was just awkward and funny and like the scene where like oh Wilson's like do you have a bigger bag and then like oh, yeah. the the managers like don't talk to me like that and he like starts to be polite. He calls
1: him, Sir. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that sort of stuff's funny. Uh, like the scene between Anes, Luke Wilson. Um, character and one of the boys who speaks both Mexican uh, both Spanish. Oh, the transla- and actually that's, that was a fun scene. And it was nice doing the back and forth and them all keeping uh, in character but It worked was-
1: really well because it was such a real moment like there wasn't like too much jokey with the translation like it was actually quite a yeah modern like straight scene Back and played. forth real quick
0: yeah. too. Um
1: You you're the one who said it, you're like you wonder how many pages the script was because it surely wasn't the ninety minutes it was or so of no, this 19. film. No way. What was this film actually? It should be right here. Having this Blu-ray is nice. Ninety one. So, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest, it felt longer than ninety one.
0: Yeah. I it think was, it dragged
1: the third act dragged a lot, I think, personally.
0: I think so too. And I think it was kind of an underwhelming finish. Not as bad as Collinwood, as we said, but
1: I didn't mind the conclusion. Oh, the prison side? Yeah. I just felt like it should have ended a little earlier than it did. I think spin thin the plot out a little bit more, you know.
0: That's sort of I like the, the I like seeing the seeds of where he goes with his movies. And mm. I think is he was definitely on an exponential curve. So that's that's where I sit with his films. But what about you? Any highlight scenes for you?
1: Um I do like the translation one you brought up. I just actually just thought of one then that I'm angry Oh, no, that's right. Um when the and this is a scene ripped right out of the short film is when they're playing around with the gun that's sitting on the table and it just reminded me of something that would happen in your room with your, true. With your fake gun a lot of the time. But um, I just, I really love the dynamic there and the fact that and when, as soon as, as soon as Owen Wilson's like, wait, did you just say you, and he, he repeats, like I bought the gun. He's like, all right, you're right. And you're out too while you're <laughs> at it. So I just, I don't know. And then of course it ends the, you know, the like little irony joke. If he's still playing with the guns and stuff like that. I, I had a lot of fun with that scene. I think the comedic moments work quite nicely and I didn't mind the enticed. Mm-hmm. None of these heists really, like, stood out to me as, like, amazing scenes. It just it just reminded me of, like... I remember when GTA Five did this in video game form and it was really, really good. Um, not to say that these were bad or anything. They just didn't really stick out to me all that well. There's not a lot of heists movies that stick out to me, the more I think about it.
0: That's interesting. It's like, Network. Welcome
1: to Collinwood and American Animals. Like, all films we've done on the show, like, none of the heists really stick out to mm. me. Like, long-term effect. You know it does? The escape in Toy Story 3. Really? Yeah, that's my highlight scene of Bottle Rocket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think it's yeah. uh, I think it's a film you want to check out if you're a Wes Anderson lover. If you want to get into Wes Anderson stuff, it's a good starting point to see where he goes.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, what about you, James? What was your highlight scene? Definitely
0: the part about the, uh, the Bottle Rocket. <laughs> oh, that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, I mean... Particularly the whole movie. Uh, yeah,
1: I was going to say, it's like the whole... Uh, whatever. You know, I mean, it's a... I guess, you know... He's a big Wes Anderson fan. He, like, he likes the whole movie. Um,
0: highlight scene's apparently Bottle Rocket. Well, <laughs> in <laughs> saying that, Bottle, whole Ro- thing. Yeah. Thanks, bottle Rocket is out in wide release. It is at your, yeah, at your local stores. Yeah, it's on your
1: local stores because I got it right here. Listen to that.
0: Authentic disc. Switching gears into new in cinemas this week, what Jake. What is new in cinemas well, this I'm week? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jake. <laughs> I'm glad I asked too. So we, not a lot, not going to lie. But there is one big old planetary planetary shattering film coming this week. That is X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Does anyone care? I don't think so. We just had Endgame. Who gives a I know, shit got... about X-Men right now? We
0: got Far from Home coming out in like um what, less than a month?
1: Yeah, like July 2nd now or something like that.
0: Like, like that's crazy. Did that That's exciting. That's coming out Apparently on the 6th of June. Is there anything in Australia. Else? Nothing of real note. Uh, Toy, Sto- are...
1: Toy Story 4 doesn't come out to a little later. Uh,
0: the World at Arm's Length, Red Joan, uh, My Big Gay Italian Wedding, and Happy as Lazaro. I have heard things about That sounds about like a happy... movie that came
1: out 20 years ago. My, what, Big Fat Gay Italian Wedding?
0: Is I think it's it? based off the My Big Fat Greek Okay, weddings. yeah, that kind of makes sense. But anyway, what are we watching next week on the show, Jake?
1: What are we watching? Well, I pitched this to you, Zeke, and I think you're... Set my keen on it.
0: I'm. I'm a. I am a mood. You're a mood
1: right now. Well, I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to this. We're gonna watch Detective Pikachu.
0: Welcome to Rhyme City, a celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. Tim, your dad was a legend in this precinct. If you were anything like your dad, I'm not. Right. I remember you wanted to be a Pokemon
1: trainer when you were young. Ace Detective Harry Goodman, what a name, goes mysteriously missing, prompting his 21-year-old son Tim to find out what happened. Aiding in the investigation is Harry's former Pokemon partner, wisecracking, adorable, uh, super sleuth, Detective Pikachu.
0: Finding that they are uniquely equipped to work together... As Tim is the only human c- who can talk to Pikachu, they join forces to unravel the tangled mystery. Oh,
1: Pokemon! Oh,
0: that's twisty. Gotta capture a got a all from the trailer. Don't copy, alright. Did it copyright us?
1: Yeah, okay. no. You, you screwed us, mate.
0: Sorry. I just it. remember Pokemon back in the day.
1: I remember Pokemon too, and you know, I used to be a fairly big fan. I never got past that first, like, they call it season in anime. Season, season or series? Series, I guess.
0: I don't know. I liked Yu Gi Oh! more. Oof. Ooh, that's Polarizing a big oof. Yu-Gi-Oh. I
1: never watched Yu Gi Oh! What about Digimon? You watched Digimon? No. I had it on VHS. I'm a nerd. <laughs> 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 I had it on VHS. I never watched it, The Digimon. Was that just a rip-off of Pikachu or Vice versa of, of, of Pokemon, rather? Mm. I don't well, know. Well, no, honestly. We're going to find uh, out a lot in this next
0: week. <laughs> it'll be an interesting week. I'm sure we could talk about our experiences with Pokemon in the past before we lead into.
1: That's true. It could the be future. our um, Pokemon
0: corner of the week. Um, it's been seeing. It's been getting mixed reviews. It's down in the middle. So we'll see how we feel about the film. I know I'll be going in with fresh eyes. It's great yeah. to see a live action Pokemon movie. It took probably too long to get there.
1: Uh, I'm kind of glad it took this long to be honest. I here's the I'll go into more detail next week. But I remember hearing the very. I was in. I was at my old job in my office. Hearing uh, of Ryan Reynolds playing Detective Pikachu, and I just look over to um one of my friends, the other side of the desk, and I'm just I just I just show her the phone. She's like, "What the hell?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know. That's real." Huh? And now the movie's out. and We're about to watch it.
0: <laughs> be very interesting. Well, thank you for coming on the show, James. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, Jake. Again. Oh
1: no worries. I mean, it's half your show. I kind of have to be here. Uh, v- 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 not complaining. Nah, it's good. I always have fun with you, Zeke.
0: Thanks, Jake. Well, we'll catch you guys next week uh, for episode 21, when we turn 21, watching a very mature film, yeah. Detective Pikachu. This was the Cinema Sideshow. I was Zeke. I was Jake. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next week with Detective Pikachu. Mm,
1: goody, goody, yum,
0: yum. Pokemon.